Welcome to BFC Live, the daily video and podcast series of Business of Cannabis. BFC Live highlights the company's brands, people, and trends driving the global cannabis sector. Learn more at businessofcannabis.ca. Coming up, a BFC Live conversation with Nadia Vadovaz, the CFO and EVP of Operations at Fire & Flower. We wanted to connect with her about the Canadian cannabis retail landscape, about the U.S. landscape, and about their upcoming listing on the NASDAQ. Nadia Vadovaz, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Uh, It looks like you're in a store, but I also think that might be a Zoom background. It's a Zoom background. I wish I wish they were, I were in a store, to be honest. I, know. I think everybody wishes they could spend a lot of time in stores and maybe, you know, I'm going to swear, but like shoot the shit for a while. I think we're a ways away from that. Um, but when we do, that's going to be great. Obviously, you are the CFO and EVP of operations at Fire and Flower. Um, not if not the biggest, one of the biggest cannabis retailers in Canada. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about what the year ahead may look like. I want to talk about the U.S., but actually, I want to talk about what we just ended with, which was uh, you're in store, fake right now, but we'll be in store at some point in the next six months. And I am of the belief that there will be this like unlocked potential of people wanting to like almost congregate, but also be out buying things, being excited about the new thing that happened in their neighborhood, and many new things that happen in many neighborhoods is actually a new fire and flower, and like. I guess, how do you prepare for a date that you don't know and a sort of um, influx of people you don't know who are coming? Like, how do you think about that from an operations perspective as you've gone up this ramp up really through COVID? Uh, super excited about it. I can tell you every week when we're on the calls with the team, uh, we can't wait to have our customers in the door. I mean, cause that's what we really do well is that our secret sauce is our people. So engaging with our customer um, and speaking to them, really listening to their needs is, is, is our sweet spot. So we love it um, when they're there. Uh, so we're super excited about opening the doors. I think though, we've had a little bit of a taste of that as we've had, you know, we have stores that are operating out in Alberta. And so with, even with reduced capacity, customers really want to come in the door. And we've seen when they open in Ontario that, you know, it doesn't take long for them to, to, to come in and engage, you know, people want to get out and cannabis seems to be something that has really been, you know, there for people and, uh, and our, and our in-store canistas and our in-store staff are, you know, they really pride themselves on being there for people. Yeah. And I think, and I think it's interesting because you look at the aggregate numbers of sales and the consumer insights a bit, and people really have turned to cannabis and, it also coincides with it being much more accessible, certainly in Ontario, but other mm-hmm. places too. But we see similar trends in the States that people actually did turn to cannabis, even over alcohol, uh, relative to uh, sort of growth over the time, which is interesting, I think, in terms of how people think about cannabis and how people think about this time. But also, um, like there is, uh, I, let's say, a lot of uh, trouble ground floor retail, commercial retail, in a lot of neighborhoods right now, just because of COVID, right? It's been a really challenging time. One of the bright spots has been new stores opening up that are cannabis stores. So like, I wonder if there's like this sort of societal shift or mind shift that the things that are open that are positive right now are actually cannabis and a lot of them. Um, and that, you know, it's gonna bring a lot of foot traffic to the places you are, I think in my neighborhood on, you know, Bloor and College and some of the other places in downtown Toronto. like it will be driving foot traffic to those stores, obviously, but also to the surrounding stores that desperately need it, certainly over the summer. Couldn't agree more. And, you know, 
uh, I've been out there pounding the pavement with respect to retail um, cannabis really being uh, one of the boon uh, stories in this market. I mean, when you see a lot of retailers closing their shop, which is heartbreaking. I mean, I've been in retail for over 20 years and anytime there's a closure, you know, I feel for, I feel for the owner, the retailers, the people in the store, um, it is heartbreaking. And here we are in retail cannabis growing and hiring those people. So, I mean, I think that we're a great new story in, in a very tragic time. And, you know, and it's not just fire and flower. I mean, a lot of us cannabis retailers have really done a great job of, of bringing in people who were not employed, advancing the sector. And I think that that will continue. I mean, you know, Ontario, we just scratched the surface on the number of stores in Ontario and we continue to grow across Canada. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, it's also interesting, and, and you uh, just looking, uh, creeping your LinkedIn, you know, uh, Canadian Tire, Holt Renfrew, sort of places you've been in, sort of big, big companies, obviously, with big retail footprints. But I wonder if you've ever seen anything like the sort of nimbleness that has happened in the cannabis retail space over the past year. And if I think I even sometimes say these things, I'm like, did that actually happen? And do people actually respond and respond well to being completely shut down last March, like in Ontario? shut down completely, to being allowed to uh, do delivery and curbside pickup. But that meant everybody had to shift basically to an e-commerce platform to then be able to open a little bit again, close a little bit again. Like all those things would be amazing for like one store to do over a lifetime of a store, Never mind a whole bunch of retailers doing it all at the same time and then having consumers respond to that as well. Like what was that like from an operations perspective? Because it seemed like heavy lifting that looked really easy from a consumer perspective. So it was pretty heavy lifting, but I will say this. I think that the differentiator for Fire and Flower is that we have, you know, 23 plus developers uh, in-house um, with High Fire. And High Fire, you know, we built our, um, and from the ground up, we've talked about this since day one, that we're, you know, a retail 2.0 um, company. And really, what does that mean? Well, that means... Um, using technology and innovation uh, to really connect with our customer, provide tools for our kinesis in the store, uh, to be able to connect with the customer, use that to understand what customers are buying and making sure that they have what they, you know, what they're looking for in store. So this is the way, I mean, it's in our DNA at Fire and Flower. So for us to, you know, um, use our already um, existing platform that was in place, uh, we were not allowed to do delivery with the exception of Saskatchewan prior to that. But, you know, we had, I think, all the ingredients in place to be able to move pretty quickly. So, you know, back in the time tunnel when Saskatchewan um, was the first that can go, that was the first that really could go online for delivery. I mean, we did it in two days. And between curbside pickup and delivery and then deploying through throughout the rest of Canada, as we were able to in the provinces that we were able to, we did it pretty quickly. You know, it was a heavy lift, but all the bones are there. And I think we've done that, you know, over and over and over again. And so turning turning it off, turning it on as, as things change with COVID, as we see shutdowns, as we see, you know, openings due to with capacity constraints, I mean, we're able to kind of turn that on and turn that off. So I think we've gotten pretty good at it right now. I mean, agility in the cannabis space is everything. I'm sure you've heard that over and over again. Um, and I think you can't get too precious about anything. Yeah. 
And actually, that's that's where I'd love to sort of ask about is that, um, yes, we're talking about Canada, we're talking about the past year, but looking ahead, and you guys have made no secret of it, there's, you know, there's an expansion opportunity and game plan for the states, right? There, there's, you know, th that's just not just sitting there, it's fairly complicated, but it is, you know, on the horizon, that's sort of one thing. The other is a listing on NASDAQ, which I don't know if it'll bring you to New York to then have to quarantine on the way back. But like, uh, t talk a bit about those two things and you know how you're viewing them from a overall fire and flower perspective. Sure. So from the beginning, uh, we've we've talked a long time about um, going into the U.S. and markets beyond the U.S. as well. I mean, it's never been a secret that Fire and Flower may have started off as a Canadian retailer, but our goal is to be a global retailer. And so, you know, with cannabis, we talked a little bit about the ability to be nimble uh, and adjust. So, you know, it all depends on what markets that we're able to go to and how quickly we can get there. Certainly with the announcements recently and what's happening politically in the US, um, that, you know, this, that we're excited about that and, and we'll be in the US as soon as we can. With the announcement of um, American Acres, um, certainly that that's our way. Um, you know, when we we go back to the technology uh, discussion that we just had, and that, that is our that is our you know our special ingredient to really use our tech platform, uh, you know, and deploy that in the U.S. And when uh, it's permissible to actually own assets in the U.S., we'll do so. Um, but we can get to the U.S. before then uh, this way. It's pretty exciting about that. And I mean, certainly um, our relationship with Kushart, you know, always contemplated um, going into the U.S. They have an amazing presence, uh, lots of uh, real estate. Uh, they know the U.S. very well. So, of course, we'll leverage, um, we'll leverage their knowledge uh, and, uh, and relationships. And then, of course, you know, when we can get beyond the gates of the U.S., we'll do that as well. So it's just really a matter of keeping our, you know, our eye, our eyes out to which locations we can actually go to and where it seems that we can reasonably um, succeed. Yeah. So I think with our tech platform, you know, it's deployable globally. Yeah, it's interesting because I remember uh, a couple times over the past year, maybe even a little bit before then, there would be these announcements that you guys would put out about the, the net number of people who have actually been on the app, right, in the platform, and it's just. And it was eye pop. It is eye popping, especially I'm sure other retailers are looking like that's a lot of conversion of like consumers onto a platform that is fire and flower. Yeah, I mean, we have over 220,000 Spark Perks members now that we engage with uh, on, you know, on a weekly basis. And we like to speak to our consumers and our, our, you know, our customers uh, regularly. And, and it allows us you know, to really get to understand them, uh, what they buy, how they buy, where they buy, uh, so that we can provide a better experience for them, whether it's a digital experience online, whether it's in the store using our clienteling app, whether it's, you know, directly with the Kinesta and really having, you know, that conversation um, in store pickup, like any way that the consumer wants to shop is how we need to be there for them. And I think, you know, fundamentally that's think about like way back in the time tunnel the whole reason for legalization in Canada was to be able to combat the black market and really you know service the community and the best way to service the community and and counter the black market is to be able to you know allow the consumer to engage with with the retailer and the product in the way that they need to 
Um, and so, you know, that's our goal, always has been. The way you say it makes it so much sense. There's a lot of regulations that we could sweep out of the way with that as a rationale. And I'm happy to help you do that because uh, I think there's a lot, there's, there's many to go. Um, but I, do can we talk a little bit about sort of a NASDAQ listing? Because I think that's actually sure. will be really, well, obviously a major step for Fire and Flower, but also I think a real um, turning point um, for the Canadian sector, looking at Canadian companies and some are you know listed in New York too, but really out of the cultivation realm, like actually into the consumer facing sort of brand realm. And I think mm -hmm. that's really compelling from my perspective. Like how, does that cross your mind as you sort of contemplate that listing? Yeah, and, and certainly, you know, access to the U.S. market is, I mean, clearly that market is, is massive. Um, but what's really interesting, you know, from an investor perspective, when I look at, you know, if I put my CFO hat on and I, and I look at, you know, the investment opportunities out there, when you think about Fire and Flower, I mean, we're trading, I think, at 1.4 times um, our 2021, um, you know, even, and then you think about, uh, sorry, revenue. And when you think about geez, you know, you've got your large MSOs at three and a half times, you kind of look at fire and flower and go, wow, that is good value. And so for us to be able to tell that story and really talk to talk to people about, you know, our, our platform and the way that we intend to compete, which which I think is really unique. Um, you know, I'm excited to be able to do that. Uh, it is for me. Uh, a very compelling story to be able to tell and, and to be able to, you know, engage with potential investors on. Yeah, I think investors will find it very compelling as well, especially as we're on the cusp of, you know, huge ramp up in Canada, a huge ramp up in the states pending legislation and pending more states, and the normalization, and people's comfort with it, and coming out of COVID, like there's a lot of ands to pile up, like a lot of qualifiers to, to pile on top of that, that just seems like the right time and that we are on the cusp of what is, I think, going to be the next, I hate using this phrase now, but like the next wave of sort of cannabis innovation, cannabis growth, cannabis um, interest, sort of a North American market view that I think is very compelling and certainly the happy to have Canadians sort of uh, leading it, leading on some of those charges. It, it, it is interesting. And I, you know, Jay, I mean, you talk to so many people in the sector and, you know, I, I think what's really important and sometimes people ask me like, what keeps me up at night? And I, and I always say, well, putting fire and flower in a, in a place where we are able to remain agile, right? So that, you know, we are, you know, batting down the hatches, make sure that, that we can respond to all the opportunities and take them as they arise as well as being very proactive about, you know, our next steps and our strategy. And so balancing the two in kind of a crazy environment is really um, the, the, the magic that needs to happen. Um, but I think that, you know, we've done that pretty well so far. We'll continue to do it. It doesn't mean we haven't had our share, fair share of, you know, challenges in that regard, like uh, a lot of retailers. But I think that that's, you know, we have to keep, we have to keep, you know, keep going, keep on going, keep on going. And, you know, when it comes to the regulators, sure. I mean, I wish things were um, advancing at a different pace than they are today, but, but I'll say this, you know, there is, there is a lot, there are a lot of people trying to advance the cause in meaningful ways. And we're going to have issues and we're going to face, you know, hurdles. 
And I think it really is about the overall sector coming together and making sure that those hurdles, you know, we have good engagement on those and keep moving the conversation forward in a reasonable way. Um, you know, and that'll be for years to come. And then we'll end up going to, you know, another jurisdiction where we'll still be having the same types of well, it, it, go well, from state to state. End, right? Yeah, it's not going to end. It's 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 always going to be that. But you look at even you know bigger, more established industries, and they have the same complaints, right? I think uh, I was at an event uh, a couple of years ago, and they said, yes, when you when it's legal and you are complaining about these this or that as an industry, you sound like a lot of other industries, which I think is a I think this person meant it as a compliment, this elected official, but it, it does go to show that, you know, this maturation, this growing, uh, pushing those boundaries and actually you know, normalizing the conversation and and still pushing the envelope on regulations and, and deregulation and how do we get to new markets and all those things is uh, I think super important. And I really wanna take time to thank you because I think this has been informative. We love watching what Fire and Flower is doing um, and uh, we wish you all the best of luck, uh, expansion in Ontario and throughout Canada, expansion in the US, there on that footprint, but also the listing. So congratulations on the success. Thank you, Jay. Great. Thanks, Nadia. Thanks for having me. That was BFC Live with Nadia Vadavaz of Fire and Flower. Remember, rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for joining us on BFC Live today. We're able to do what we do thanks to our ongoing partners, including Cannabis at Work, Cannabis Benchmarks, Can Delta, Headset, Gallagher, and Torque and Maine.